for years, 20 years or so, we streamed video of sports games and nobody watched, nobody cared. You know, it wasn't a broadcast quality, it was a stream. Uh, the same thing in a, in a certain respect for corporate events. And it caused the entire industry to take a look at the virtual audience and really decide how do we engage them. It's time to rethink everything, to redo the rule book, to explore smarter ways to work and rediscover what's possible. It's time for a fresh take on how technology and creativity are changing the way work gets done. I'm Susan Campbell, and this is The Big Rethink. Live viewing has long been the coveted ways for fans to interact with their favorite sports teams. But as in-person live experiences have been forced to take a pause, the industry was tasked with finding and developing new ways to experience this live energy remotely. Today, companies like Quince Imaging are harnessing technologies within broadcast, systems integration, projection mapping, event production, augmented reality, virtual audience interaction to highlight the remote viewing experience bringing the excitement of sports to more people than ever before. Today, I have Scott Williams, the COO and CFO and co-founder of Quince Imaging, joining. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, and thanks for uh, Panasonic Connect for inviting me to be here tonight. So tell me a little bit, I mean, you guys, basically that intro, you cover the entire galactic universe, right? So tell me a little bit more about Quince Imaging and the problems you're trying to solve Certainly. We, we have a heavy foothold in the professional and college sports industry imaging in North America primarily. Uh, it started with projection image mapping back 15 years ago and developing the projection algorithms it took to, to uh, activate the courts and make them look like TV screens. And that has now morphed into uh, mixed and augmented reality solutions, which ironically, utilize this similar technology. Not the projectors, of course, but the media server arrays and all the infrastructure. So one of our big verticals are, are professional sports. We leverage what the, the fan engagement that we gain there into the event space. Quince is a unique hybrid in that half of our business is permanent install based. The other half is special event. So when a large corporate consumer customer wants to engage 5,000 people in a, in a large convention center ballroom, perhaps they can bring us in and start again with projection image mapping across the entire scenery set and also add mixed and augmented reality to that. So what are some of the mixed uh, or augmented reality things you throw in in a situation like that, the corporate ballroom setting? Certainly. Corporate ballroom setting can be things like the uh, unveiling of a new product where the CEO doesn't actually have to be holding it. It can be larger than life. It can be, oh. uh, it can be more impactful. And the reason they do that is not necessarily just the audience that is seated, the five or 10,000 folks. It is also for uh, a long life on social media and for any campaign that they may want to have after the fact. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. And, and then something that is just fascinating to me, a solution that you're working on virtual seat. Can you explain that one to <laughs> yeah, me? Virtual seat was the intellectual property that we, we co-developed at the beginning of the pandemic. And, uh, uh, it's kind of hard to have a conversation about fan engagement without 
discussing the pandemic. So if I may, I'd like to yeah. delve a little bit down that street. Uh, right at the very beginning of the pandemic, sports shut down in the world. The very first event that occurred after that shutdown was the NFL draft. And Quince Imaging produced the fan engagement part of that okay. live with low latency, uh, high resolution, and where we treated every single feed, 32 individuals from each team. So there were a lot of, lot of uh, live feeds, audio and video, we had to manage immediately. And that technology truly did not exist. Right. You know, there were broadcasters that were doing it one at a time, but to do 600 of them simultaneously uh, was a product that we had to develop and build over just a few weeks, really. It was refined over many months after that. But uh, we were able to bring all those folks in, manage them, and that was sort of the turning, we, we turned the corner there for fan engagement uh, in North America. We were able to productize that and offer it to teams and to corporations. For the next two and a half years, pretty much, it lived a wow. strong life. Yeah. Wow. And how does one manage 600 broadcast feeds? <laughs> Lots of moderation. <laughs> you know, the, the fact that they're all live means that, uh, you know, if somebody wants to do something untoward and, and restricted, you're on live broadcast. So we, we had uh, many moderators who were, who were watching various teams and cities. So it was all done live. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of coordination. Yeah. How did the audio and visual technology work together to create that kind of fully interactive experience? Yeah, that, that's an excellent question because the, the real challenge here is not getting perhaps real-time audio or real-time video. It's getting them both right? with extreme low latency and timed perfectly for, for lip sync. And it, it was a technology that the pandemic really pushed. It didn't start it because we were well down the road of doing that for a year or so before the pandemic hit. But the pandemic really pushed it into the final uh, final lap where they were able to develop and the uh, programmers were able to develop this product for us. And so the virtual seat will continue as a as a solution for for the industry for yeah, sports. Yeah, and and it's morphed into different products. Our our partner in the virtual seat product has taken it in a number of different directions, and it will live on because the one thing that we uncovered during the pan last thing about the pandemic is that for years, twenty years or so, we streamed video of sports games, and nobody watched, nobody cared. You know, huh. It wasn't a broadcast quality; it was a stream. Uh, the same thing in a, in a certain respect for corporate events. And it caused the entire industry to take a look at the virtual audience and really decide how do we engage them? How do we truly engage them? And it's with interactivity. It's with them being able to interact with us at the other end, which streaming never had. So right, right. We, we sort of uncovered all that. And now people like Zoom have said, oh, that's a clever idea. You know, I mean, <laughs> a lot of folks are doing it now. Yeah. A lot of platforms exist that do that. But That's pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. And in any technology, the big thing is it's okay that they're doing what you did yesterday. Because right, right. Now you're You've doing, moved on. Yeah, oh, yeah. We've, we've way moved on. <laughs> So. I love it. I love it. So, and some of the things you've moved on to, right? I know you've done them along, but you, you also um, do a lot with augmented reality and some 3D projection. What drove 
you know, your, your, um, your team to head in that direction? Well, it started with 3D projection image mapping. And there, these monikers are, are oft, oft times uh, misused. But it's projecting on a 2D plane and creating 3D immersive effects. Uh, like the Kraken for the Las Vegas Golden Knights Open last year, you know, very powerful, a lot of social media hits. Uh, it's a very cool effect. And it was a logical extension for Quince because the media server programming required to create all that and the content creation was very similar to mixed and augmented reality in a live event space. People have been doing mixed and augmented reality in uh, for TV commercials or Weather Channel for for, right, year, for right. years. We just didn't call it that. Exactly, and uh, and it was a fixed camera thing, and it was very hard to program. And the the content creation ability with things like Seventh Sense Media Servers that are one of your partners here, for example, it didn't exist to to for to easily develop content. Now those platforms have grown, and so uh, it's easier for a multitude of folks to create content. So it, it was a logical extension for us, and we're the engineering engines behind these things. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So what's the differentiator between the 2D and the 3D, and how do you ensure that it looks 3D? <laughs> well, that that's in the science. Okay. And, um, yeah, almost every projection is a 2D, starts as a 2D, and then the, the visual acuity of the viewer, based on where they're sitting, where they're standing, and their perspective allows us to create 3D effects. So the three part of the 3D is in the content the 2D is how we pretty much design all uh, projection. Okay, that makes sense. And and how do you see this technology evolving in the sports industry in particular? <laughs> well, it, it it because mixed reality and augmented reality are in-camera effects. There's a certain inherent limit, uh, but large football teams and basketball arenas have huge scoreboards. And so it's a new way for them to use that. And we are early in the adoption process. And uh, so the cost is kind of high, but uh, the standard early adopters in sports are, are definitely investing in this technology. It's a new cool way. Fans expect it. And they have to continually raise the bar of what they provide their folks that come to the arenas. Right. Because tickets aren't cheap. No. Uh, you know, so. <laughs> and I think even times, you know, I'm a crazy hockey fan and I, I love all of the projection and, and, and effects that they're projecting on the ice. And sometimes I'll get so caught up in trying to figure out, is that under the ice? Is that like a permanent uh, logo or is it a projection logo? So even as a, a fan watching from home, I can enjoy those in stadium tricks sure. or, or enha enhancements as well. Yeah. That's yeah, the uh, the especially in the NHL, they're doing a lot more live broadcast advertising that, of course, isn't in stadium. Right. It's it's done in an augmented fashion. Right. You, you've right. seen them up on the glass and you know. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, that adds another layer. Some sure. of it's a camera trick. Some of it's projection. Yeah. Some of it's under the ice. And yeah. so I always try to figure out which one it is. <laughs> so. Um, so one of the fastest growing trends in sports industry is esports. So why do you think this becomes such a trend? Wow, esports is is 
a crazy environment. It, it has exploded. And, and, you know, as humans, we, we're always looking for what's the trendy thing? What's the cool thing? And everybody's pushing for that. And uh, eSports is the baby of the uh, broadcast industry right now. We're heavily engaged in eSports from a programming point of view. And these production clients that we have and end users that we have are, uh, they, they, they take no prisoners when it comes to quality, efficiency, and perfection. And it's a demanding environment, but it's one that is uh, incredibly rich in creativity and uh, they're always changing. You know, you do a perfect show for Riot World Championships in, in Paris, and now you're doing the next one, and it's that completely different. It's, it's, uh, it's very exciting and invigorating. And for an organization like us that provides the engineering solutions for them and the hardware, it's, uh, it's an ever-changing environment. Nice. Well, in that ever-changing environment, any predictions for the future of where that might be headed? <laughs> Well, uh, you know, it's uh, everybody. Everybody mentions Meta, but I'm not real sure how that's all going to play in uh, play in the esports community. But but it is uh, it is gaining a broader audience, and I think it it's here to stay. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so oh, you know, the live experience is just something about it that that really just keeps it as the the king of the way to c- consume sports events. Do you see remote experience becoming just as popular or maybe even more popular as these technologies keep pushing things forward? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I personally don't. Uh, there is an excitement of viewing an event with others. Uh-huh. It's the same as going to the theater. People ask, well, you can get Netflix at home. You can buy an 80-inch TV or a big projector. Why do people go to theaters? It's so that they can experience something creative in an audience. And there's something that we desire as humans. And to hear the roar of the crowd is very difficult to replicate at home. Sure. Or on an individual basis uh, because you feel it instead of just... uh, just hear it. Yeah, that human connection. Yeah, so uh, sports are always going to be here. We're we're constantly going to continue to evolve what we provide these folks. Yeah, uh, we need to leave time for the fourteen dollar beers, though. You know, we need to be able to have time to buy, one, or else we'll never pay these uh, player salaries. But yeah, or else you have to um, up level the concession experience, <laughs> right? Sure. Well, you can it, at at most arenas and stadiums now. You can have food brought right oh, to right, your seat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's all part of the deal. Awesome. Well, I can't wait to see what you bring us next. Thanks so much for taking time to talk to us today, Scott. I enjoyed it. It was my pleasure. And thanks again to Panasonic for pulling us all together. A quick note from our sponsor, Intel. Intel vPro continues to raise the bar with enterprise-grade performance, security, manageability, and reliability features for enterprise and managed business of all sizes. It's simple. Intel vPro is built for all businesses. Folks listening today enjoyed the podcast. You can help us grow by visiting our feed on iTunes to rate, review, and subscribe. Or if you're listening on Spotify, be sure to hit follow. That's it for us. I'm Susan Campbell, and that was another episode of The Big Rethink.